Let me um, begin. Um, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for meeting me here at the at the at the office, which actually is a is a new office. Um, you've been here just uh, uh, after the fire. Yeah, what happened? What happened with the fire? Tell us that story. Well, a couple of years. We uh, it was about five years ago. Uh, we were at a I was at a hockey game along uh, my. Uh, cousin and business partner uh, Don Dubois uh, he was at the same hockey game uh, at Norwich and somebody came over to us and said uh, your your building's on fire and and about at, at that point my uh, my partner Donnie uh, got hit with a puck if you can imagine that went up into the thing got hit with a puck and so he's downstairs getting stitched up and I'm uh, gathering in the face uh, in, in the right in the forehead wow and right. so I'm uh, I'm gathering uh, my belongings and heading here, and uh, it certainly uh, is uh, very emotional to come in and see uh, your building uh, engulfed in flames and fire trucks all over the place, and and not being able to to do anything about it. And so uh, it was a a life changing experience uh, for me personally, uh, but for us as a business, uh, but. You know, the, the positive is that uh, you learn what you really need, uh, that you uh, can get along uh, if you have the right people uh, surrounding you. And we have a, a great team of employees that uh, we went to, to work that very next day. And, and we, we continued uh, from that day forward without building, without some equipment. And the outpouring of support was amazing to me. People were coming, leaving trucks here for us to use. Just leaving them here with the keys in them, saying they're yours for as long as you need them. And, wow. and these are these are trucks that are worth one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a piece, and these are your competitors. So uh, it uh, it was really an uplifting experience at the same time that was so devastating. Pretty emotional. I was talking to Erica, who told me that that's when she started working full time with you. That you know, I was telling her how I'd been robbed several times, and that sort of feeling of um, you know that loss. You, you, you feel very vulnerable. Uh, you, you do have that loss. Uh, thinking uh, over the next couple of years, you think about, well, I'll just go out and get such and such a part, or I'll get uh, some, this book that I had, or something that you, you use on a daily basis, and it's just not there anymore. It's gone. Uh, so you lose any personal stuff? A lot of personal stuff, yeah. All my, uh, you know, and, and not that it's a big deal, but I had... All my uh, trophies, the important trophies over the years, uh, they were gone. The pictures, uh, things uh, that I had up of, of my dad and so forth, uh, original things on, the, on my wall that I lost, and a lot of uh, personal, real personal effects uh, that, you know, are just memories now. The uh, event last night was um, impressive. It was, uh, it was very, uh, very exciting. Uh, I didn't know what was going to happen, C certainly with the weather uh, the way it was uh, I knew we were expecting uh, uh, three or four hundred people uh, and and I thought we may not have the event that we thought we were going to have uh, but it exceeded my expectations uh, even though there were people uh, emailing later saying I, I'm sorry I couldn't make it just the weather uh, held us back and we just couldn't couldn't go uh, but for every uh, story like that there were people that just uh, said we heard about it uh, decided to come by and and it was just a very eclectic crowd uh, from all walks of life. From there were people there um, that I went to high school with that came uh, that uh, I didn't I hadn't seen for quite some time, uh, as well as people I've you know have done business with, uh, political life, uh, just from all my racing, all my walks of life. And so it was uh, it was nice to see, it. and certainly my family um, and my mom especially. I thought that was very wise that you did this in conjunction with the Associated General Contractors. Was that your idea or somebody else's? It was, you know, I was, I've been very close to the association uh, over well, the years. Right down the street. They, they are. Yeah. But, but more so, I was president of the, uh, of the organization for two years. The first two-year uh, president uh, term president, uh, that was back a long time ago. Uh, and I believe uh, working together uh, will provide uh, positive results and it's something that then I've done with them for 25 or 30 years. Some people that were there, uh, Mac McLaughlin from Breadloaf Construction uh, from Addison County was there. He's in his uh, 70s 
And he reminded me of uh, the times we went uh, to different places uh, with AGC for, uh, you know, national events. And uh, he's just a great guy, and I hadn't seen him for quite some time. So reflecting on those, and and people, there was another, uh, Roger Gilman from Miller Construction that was there. He just recently retired after 50-something years at the company. Mm -hmm. But he remembered my dad. He issued, my dad issued permits uh, for them when they were building some of the interstate. So... Uh, you, you just uh, you never know uh, who's going to be there and uh, for what reasons. But uh, but again, it was a great experience. So was that your idea or AGC's yeah, idea? It was my idea. Uh, it's something I did uh, six years ago when I announced for lieutenant governor. Uh, I decided to have it uh, there uh, because, quite honestly, a, a lot of my friends and competitors were there, and I thought, why not? I thought it was a good strate- strategic move. And, uh, and they're going to be in the building anyhow, so why not capture them so they don't have to make two trips uh, to somewhere else? So uh, I thought, why not replicate that and do it again? The, um, the movie that was shown last night, or film, I'm not sure what the correct term that I would use, probably seven or eight minute long production, was, um, again, I mean, really quite an impressive piece of work. Who put that together? That was Henhouse uh, Media, Johnny Mendez. Uh, They've, uh, they've been working with us over the last few years. And what I like about working with Johnny is that uh, we hire him, uh, obviously, to do the, the production work, uh, Burlington Company. But it's, it goes further. He actually uh, believes in me, and that makes all the difference uh, when you're trying to put something like that together. So I've always uh, enjoyed working with him. Uh, he understands what makes me tick, and uh, that I think that comes out in some of the production work. I, I didn't get that. What does make you tick? What, what? Well, <laughs> stay tuned, I guess. Uh, you well, know, I, I was supposed to get it in that production. <laughs> well, I think uh, the part of the foundation, uh, the, the my life, uh, hasn't always been easy, uh, and I think we all have our stories to tell, and I... I always uh, go back to uh, some of the the times um, growing up where it seemed normal to me and and it was anything but normal I just didn't know it Uh, but my my parents uh, who were wonderful wonderful parents uh, made it uh, made it all seem normal and and that foundation is something that's so important and having that that family unit surrounding you and supporting you uh, is is what starts building your team. You start there, and then you realize you need more team members, and and so you you help them, they help you, and uh, and that's how things get done. Your personal story really is is quite compelling. Your dad, you know, losing his his legs, um, dying uh, when you were 11 years old. So, would, did your dad? I mean, to you, he was completely normal did did he was he um stared at mocked by other people did you ever experience that um n- not that i'm aware of um uh, again you know it's it's funny his his outlook uh, i i'm told uh, of course i i you know i was 11 i'm told that uh we, we were a lot alike in in our disposition uh that uh, he, he didn't it, it, it took a lot to get him angry about anything, and uh, so his demeanor was uh, was one where he respected others. People liked him. Uh, he got along. Uh, he didn't let that disability get in the way, and and I just remember we we would almost use it to our uh, the family's advantage. I, I remember he would have to get uh, fitted for his wheelchair or prosthetics every single year uh, in Boston. So. We, he would take us all. Uh, we would go, and we'd go to Boston Gardens, uh, and he would go to, to his appointment. Uh, but then he would, uh, we would go uh, watch uh, the Pipers, the Black Watch at Boston Gardens, because uh, you know our heritage, our Scottish heritage, was something that uh, was near and dear to his heart, and and so that's what. Uh, but but again, he used that to 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 our advantage, and and uh, we use it as a family vacation almost. Uh, mm. But it was a. Uh, but I remember those experiences well. What do you remember about when he died? I just remember um, the outpouring of support 
I didn't. I remember the night it happened like it was yesterday. Uh, it was in the, in the middle of the night. Uh, all of a sudden, there was just people all through the house. Uh, I remember meeting uh, one of the Perrys. It was either John Perry or Charlie Perry, uh, the doctors uh, from Barry, and he was coming down uh, from my uh, my dad's room uh, with his uh, doctor's bag, and. And I, I was just confused about why everyone was in our, our house and uh, people crying. And, um, but it's just, uh, again, the, the amount of support um, was overwhelming from, from the extended family as well as uh, neighbors, um, people he worked with. It was just the, the, and the amount of food that we had in our house for the next week and and. People were doing things for us, and 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 Barry, um, I, I think about this a lot. They, they didn't just talk about being a community; they were a community. We were we were a neighborhood uh, that that took care of each other, and and you just did it. It was natural, and you you may not see them on a day to day basis, but they were there when they you needed them. They were there, and we were there for them. What was the impact on your brothers? Um, my my, I'm the middle child, um, and I, I think uh, my brother, my older brother, and I are close to the same age. Uh, my younger brother uh, was, uh, you know, I th I think that I take for granted uh, that he uh, spent his real youth, and and I was, uh, I think, at 11 years old. For myself, I, I may have been a little bit beyond my years even then, because I remember going with my mom uh, to the funeral home and making decisions about uh, what what casket we were going to have for my dad, how much wow. that was going to cost. Sat down with the fun funeral director, Bruce Judd, was his name. He's still still around. They still have the the Wickham funeral home, but it was the Judd funeral home at the time. And we sat down with him, and we planned it all out. We, we, where the funeral was going to be held, uh, what music was going to be played, where, uh, what about the burial, whether we could do the burial up in Washington Cemetery, uh, because it was December second, which is ironically today. Wow, wow. You um, and I have talked before about running for governor. You have insisted to me over the years that it was not something you felt you needed to do to have a complete life. So uh, talk to me about getting over the hurdle of that, I guess I would say, ambivalence. Yeah, there, there, it certainly is a hurdle, uh, to be perfectly frank. Uh, running for governor is a, is a life change, uh, changing experience. Uh, it's not like being lieutenant governor. And, and I, I'm very proud of my service as both a senator and uh, as lieutenant governor, but being governor is, uh, is, is a notch, uh, a couple notches above. And it's a, it's a, it's a whole life change for, for both you, your family, your business, uh, everyone that you're surrounded with. And so there are times, uh, uh, again, that I ask myself, uh, have had to ask myself, is this the right path for you? Um, but I come back to the same, same answer, and, and I just feel as though if it's not me, who is it? And, and I feel as though that I'm so uh, connected with people, uh, connected with I, what I think uh, Vermont needs, and I really have a, a clear view of, of the challenges that we face, but, but I think that we, we need someone that uh, can, is, is comes from the, the, the root, his roots or her roots are, are based in the, the, the working class of Vermont. And that's, that's me. I, I, I sense their, their pain uh, every single day. And, and I have such a deep amount of respect for people that, uh, that work really hard and 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 strive for to to make their uh, families normal and give as much as they can uh, to their to their uh, to those that are surrounding them. So I'm connected with them, and I think that uh, we owe it to them to uh, to have a better Vermont. And and I feel as though we can uh, we can do that if we can all agree on the mission. 
If it's not me, who is it? Wow. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I feel as though, uh, again, with my, uh, my experience in political life, my, my experience in business, my experience uh, being here all of my life so far, uh, that I'm in a unique position. Uh, and, and I don't forget my roots. I don't forget where I came from. I, I live it on a day-to-day -day basis. And I believe you have to give back. And I believe that you have to, uh, to be responsible and uh, self-sufficient and strive for that independence and instill in people uh, that, uh, that they can do uh, for themselves as, as well. And they can give back uh, in many different ways. And, and I've tried to do that my whole life. And, and I think that at this point in time, I think we need somebody that is, is uh, sitting in all corners, that, that sees the, uh, the view from, from different perspectives. And, and so once again, my, my blue collar roots, my, my business uh, experience and my political experience uh, all point me in the same direction that I, I can see things from different perspectives. I can see both sides of issues and, and I'm willing to listen and I'm willing to, uh, to work with others in order to, to strive towards a common result. And, and I see what we, what's happening in, in D.C., in our country, and there's just this division. I, I describe it sometimes as, as this pendulum. The pendulum used to go back and forth, sometimes more liberal, sometimes more conservative, but always getting to the center. And I feel as though that pendulum that we see today has just split right in half, and it's gone in both directions. And I think that we have a responsibility to do things differently in our own backyards in order to bring that pendulum back together and understand that we're all we're all Americans first. We're all Vermonters first. Uh, we're members of political parties and partisanship uh, afterwards. And I think that we we have a responsibility as leaders to try and bridge that divide, to try to be the glue uh, to bring people together for common good. You say you can see both sides, but you know, I guess, can you actually do that in the kind of job that you're looking to get? Because I think one of the criticisms of you is that you aren't decisive in some situations, um, have changed your mind a few times on a few issues. And so, I mean, can you really, you know, see both sides I mean, you talk about listening, but if, after you listen, don't you have to make a decision too? Yeah, sure. You have to, to listen, learn, and lead. Uh, I, I feel as though uh, you have a responsibility to listen to both sides first. Uh, there, there are some, I can make decisions, uh, quick decisions on, on most anything, if, if necessary, at that point in time. But shouldn't we gather all the facts first? Shouldn't we... We listen to one another to see if there's something we're missing, to make sure that it's the right thing to do when we have the opportunity to do just that. Uh, I, I, I hear the criticism of myself, uh, but I, uh, I would uh, contend uh, that, uh, that we can evolve. Uh, it's real leadership, I think, is, is showing that you're, you're willing to do things differently that you're, you don't have your mind made up all the time, that you don't have all the answers. And if, if someone is looking uh, for somebody that has all the answers, that's probably not me. But I, I can put a team together that uh, will, will bring people together uh, that do have the answers. And I think some of that team is, is not just people I assemble, but teammates from all across Vermont. Uh, we're all part of the same team. Uh, but, uh, but how do we get there and how do we bridge the gaps? How do we get the consensus is something that you sometimes have to reach across and, and listen and then pull people uh, and, and convince them otherwise. We, we, uh, I think we, again, we as, uh, we as leaders have a responsibility uh, to not incite anger, to not uh, incite fear, but actually... To, to listen and then, and then educate others as to what we heard and, and convince them that this is the right approach. Not force them, but convince them. Hmm. But, okay, and I think 
flexibility is something that we all need to have in our lives, and if you get new information, that that's important to evaluate. But let me just let me just uh, let me go through a series of these. You had the death with dignity issue that you you changed your mind on. You had the idea that you wanted to pursue about having a Green Mountain Care Board like um, structure in in education. Um, you know, on the Vermont Yankee, uh, I remember when the vote happened that you were against having the vote, but not necessarily in, in favor of the plant. And then there's been this whole uh, discussion lately about Syria, which is it's, um, remarkable as a, uh, a campaign issue here in Vermont. But I, I, I guess my question is, doesn't that, are you, do you sometimes look before you leap, or does it indicate some sort of a pattern of indecision? Yeah, I, it's not indecision. It, it's it's actually trying to gather facts, and and, and that's just my style. Uh, if I if somebody if you have to have a decision, uh, I'll make it. Uh, th there's no question about that. You can ask anybody around here or anybody I, I work with uh, on a day to day basis. Uh, they know that I make decisions, and I and I can do it very quickly and decisively. But when I see an opportunity to, to reflect on something, to, to be sure that I have all the information before moving forward, uh, I can be hesitant. And I, I think that's healthy, uh, that, that you, you're not so arrogant that you think that, that you have the only answer. Because I happen to believe uh, that there's a lot of information out there and you gather those facts and then you make a decision that you think is right for everyone, not just yourself, but trying to put yourself outside the box and, and think about uh, others. Uh, it's not as easy uh, for, for, uh, for some to arrive at those decisions. Uh, but again, I could take uh, all the issues that you brought up and, and I could uh, explain what my thinking was at the time. Um, but, uh, uh, but, I, but I'm, fair, I'm very comfortable with where, where I arrived and, and how, how I ended up in each one of those areas. Isn't there a danger, though, that if you're willing to change your mind, that a position that you talk about today, people might not necessarily be confident you'll continue to hold? I think you can look at leaders uh, throughout the world and, and find where people evolve. Uh, and, and that's, I think, I think the danger is when, when you, uh, uh, you don't evolve, uh, to, to be honest with you, when you don't admit that maybe uh, you were wrong about something. Uh, I think that's dangerous. I think uh, I'd rather uh, fall behind somebody that uh, is willing to admit they make a mistake. Uh, they're willing to, to say that uh, maybe I didn't see it the way I should have, uh, but this is where we should go now, arriving at uh, having that information and then moving forward. Uh, that's the type of person I want to be uh, involved with. Did you blow it on this Syria thing? No, not at, I don't think so. I, and I, I, I feel... And so I, I would do the same thing again. I said, uh, if I was in that position, uh, I'm, I've got to make a decision. I would say, push pause, gather information, try and understand the process. I'd, like 99% of uh, other Vermonters, we didn't understand the process. I didn't know how long it took. I didn't know the depth of, of, uh, uh, of, of looking into the backgrounds of many. Um, but I thought, uh, why not get that information? So I, I have. I went. I, I was uh, listened in on a briefing with the State Department. I, uh, I went to the Public Safety uh, Commissioner, uh, met with state police uh, officials, uh, tried to get <clears throat> as much information as I could to try and educate myself. But at that point, uh, I think it's incumbent upon a good leader to, uh, to talk about what they find and, and to, to try and dispel uh, some of the fear and the anger. This, is, this isn't an issue that should be political or partisan. It, it really shouldn't, and, and I blame uh, actually both sides on this one. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's dangerous in this country, and we should be better than that. So I say I, uh, I, I push the pause button, uh, I gather information, and then I saw that, hey, it's, it was, it's, it's a lengthy process. We're not talking about that many. And, and there are other dangers, actually, that, that, that uh, uh, I've contemplated since then, uh, after hearing the information, that 
we may have some other issues like with the border. Uh, like uh, Canada is, is uh, accepting, there's a lot of cells in, uh, uh, terrorist cells in the Canadian region that we have to, uh, to pay attention to. And we have a responsibility to try and protect our border as well. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. There is, uh, there's a lot of activity uh, in, the, uh, in the Quebec region uh, that, uh, that we need to, uh, to pay attention to. You say you respect politicians who admit when they've been wrong. So when have you, when have you been wrong? Um, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've been wrong on uh, a number uh, of issues, I guess. Give me a specific. Um, we'll take the one one of the ones you mentioned uh and uh when i uh it was the death with dignity issue right. very emotional uh when i was first in the senate i signed on to the bill because of my uh, libertarian streak in me i you know this sense of independence yankee independence i didn't want people to tell me what to do uh when i want to pull the plug i want to pull the plug and uh it's it's up to me uh but then as i reflected uh, again and heard uh, some of the fears of uh, the elderly, some of the fears of uh, the disabled community, which, you know, I have uh, some attachment to. Uh, I thought, is this really worth it? And I went through with, with my dad uh, thinking about, you know, I, I read the Western Union messages from my dad. Uh, to, or it, it was from the hospital or a doctor to my grandparents. And it said uh, something to the effect that uh, we don't think Howard's going to make it. Um, he's had the hiccups for two weeks. It's from Walter Reed Hospital. Uh, he's got hepatitis. Uh, uh, the, the end is near uh, for him. And I'm sure during those times, uh, life wasn't looking particularly rosy for him, uh, you know, sitting, sitting there wondering about the rest of his life. And if he had had an opportunity, I think, to say, I've had enough, you know, I can't do this anymore. I don't think anybody would have questioned that. Had he done that, though, I mean, think of the ripple effect of that. I think about the ripple effect. What, what, he wouldn't have met my mom. I wouldn't be here. I mean, there's so many things that, that wouldn't have happened had he not come through and come back to Vermont and done some of the things he did and been such an inspiration to, to myself and, and many others. So uh, I think we, uh, we have to take that into account. And I, and I just experienced that again with my uh, father-in-law uh, in uh, the last few weeks, yeah. last month. And uh, he, uh, he's had, uh, had cancer for uh, about a year and has been going downhill ever since. Had he had the opportunity, uh, you, you know, maybe Maybe it would have been two or three months earlier because the prognosis wasn't good. Mm -hmm. But I saw the way it brought the family together. I saw the way they, it's changed their whole family. They've, they've been able to put away a lot of things that, uh, that were brewing and, uh, and not in a good way in, right. in their family. And it's healed a lot of wounds um, going through that experience. So, But why didn't you think that initially? What, what, you know, what was it about the sort of, at what point, what was it that made you change that? I mean, you, why didn't you initially think all those things you just said? Be, because I was just thinking maybe more selfishly about just me. Because selfishly, I said, I don't want anybody telling me what to do. You know, I, this, is, this isn't about anybody else, this is about me. But instead, uh, I, I, I've realized, evolved into understanding that it's not about the individual. It's about the people that surround you. It's about your family. It's about your friends. It's about everything else. And uh, it's one more sacrifice that you might have to make. You talked a lot last night about, um, and, and your supporters do, talk a lot about building consensus is something you take great pride in. Can you give me an issue or two where you have built consensus? Well, I do it every day, it seems like, uh, in, the, in the legislature, or try to. Um, I've tried to build consensus uh, with Vermont Health Connect. I think that's a good example. 
I'm not. Uh, I'm not. I didn't. I didn't get there, obviously. Uh, but I saw this as something uh, two years ago when it was uh, when it was uh, being uh, brought to life, and I thought we should be doing more practice sessions here. Uh, I thought we were. Uh, this was uh, uh, being implemented way too early, and so I, I sought others to try and slow the thing down, um, but it didn't work. Uh, I think that uh, in time, uh, seeing just what this dysfunctional exchange, uh, the damage it's done, I think has, uh, has given me a renewed uh, interest in trying to, to do something different with that. So uh, in speaking with the lieutenant governor in Connecticut, the one uh, lieutenant governor of Rhode Island, uh, both Democrats, uh, we saw a way that we could possibly work together. So I reached out to uh, the chair of finance, reached out to the chair of appropriations, and we, uh, we drove to Rhode Island in my pickup to take a look, uh, to, to have this, this discussion about how we could work together. Uh, and, and so, uh, again, I thought uh, it was, they, they were worthwhile meetings, uh, trying to bring people together. Uh, this is a longer process. It didn't happen yet, but I still think there's promise there. I still think that, uh, again, by building your argument, that trying to, to persuade people to take a look outside the box at something differently uh, is going to be uh, giving us a better result than we have right now. And I'm very concerned about the future of this one-of-a-kind system that we're, we built, uh, this custom-made IT structure that is going to have to be maintained by somebody. And I feel like we've, we've backed ourselves into a corner where we're, we are going to be beholding to just one company that understands it. And when that happens, I think you get taken advantage of from a cost perspective. And I think that we're gonna be paying the price of this for many years to come. It's not just the initial outlay of $200 million. It's, it's the ongoing maintenance costs, millions of dollars we're gonna have to spend to make sure that it's, it remains or can work and it's not functioning yet. So I'm still trying, I'm still trying to build, build uh, consensus uh, and I, I think we're making inroads and in trying to educate people and, and, and see it in a different light and try and take the partisanship out of it because also I'm working across the aisle on this one and, and, uh, and again, I think that's, uh, that's healthy. One of the other issues that's come up lately is this Act 46, the new education law. And I was, um, I was very interested last night listening to you talk about it because you did raise it as a, as a problem. You, you kind of framed what the problem was. And then I listened really closely and I just really did not hear any sort of ideas of what to do. Yeah, well, I think they're going to evolve. Uh, Act 46. But one of the knocks on you, as you know, is that you're sometimes not very specific about things. Well, maybe that's uh, healthy. Uh, maybe we need somebody that governs and listens. Uh, maybe tries to build consensus instead of trying to drive consensus. We've seen uh, a lot of the, the driving mentality uh, over the last uh, six years. I think sometimes we need somebody that... Uh, that pulls people together and, and finds common ground and, and, and moves forward. Uh, I, I, I don't think that the, the other approach uh, has worked out to our benefit. Um, so I'm, I'm offering a different approach, a uh, different style. And, and, uh, and that may be, maybe that's not for everyone, but that's my style. So is that what leadership means to you? I mean, some people look at the word leader and say leader means you're first and that you lead everybody else. Yeah. Well, you I think you don't necessarily I subscribe to that. I think we can look at uh, if you look down the, the path of, uh, of historic historical figures uh, in, in both military and uh, political. And, and you can find examples on both sides of that one. I mean, you take a take a George Patton, for instance. Uh, George uh, Patton uh, drove, uh, he drove by, his leadership style was much, much different. And I probably should use analogies I understand a little bit more. Yeah. But uh, in, in the, I'll use the NASCAR uh, community. Right. Um, you, you look at uh, the different styles of, of leadership of uh, some of the different uh, teams that have been very, very successful. And, uh, and their styles are so much different. Uh, 
Coach Gibbs, uh, who uh, is very successful in NASCAR now, was a successful coach as well. He didn't drive his team uh, into submission, uh, in which some people do. He led by example, and he led them uh, to being the best they could be. And they, they wanted to follow him, um, and they still continue to do that. Um, but there are others uh, that, uh, that would, would be more confrontational and, and actually just keep driving and driving and driving and, and punishing uh, their, their people, getting the same results, mm-hmm. but, uh, but not having a fun time on the, uh, along the way. And again, I would uh, contend that I would be that, I'd rather be that Coach Gibbs uh, rather than a Vince Lombardi, uh, if you want to use a football analogy. I'd rather be following him uh, because I want to believe in somebody. I want to, to do, I want to see what they see. And I, and I want to, uh, to make uh, things better. Okay, as even as the demeanor that um, Joe Gibbs projected to the public, I'm betting at halftime if they had screwed up that he might be, uh, you could hear him. Yeah, well. Uh, Is that I, you too? Yeah, I think you, you probably go around uh, this, this company and, uh, and find out that, that I do have another side. And uh, when I'm serious uh, and, I, and I ex- my expectations are high uh, about something and something goes wrong, uh, they know it. And, uh, and, uh, and, and I come down uh, f- fairly swiftly and, and hard, uh, but it's okay. I do it in a respectful way, uh, and it's, uh, but it's something, again, part of my style. They, they know uh, that uh, they've gone too far. But if you don't lead the way you describe that you don't lead, and you don't take um, you know, a lot of strong positions on issues, how, how are people, and you don't want to talk about, for example, you know, how you would change the education system. There's not a lot of specifics. How are people then going to judge you? How do we know who, how do we know who you are? Well, I think it's, uh, it's up to me uh, to show you who I am and, and whether uh, you uh, have uh, the, the, the foresight uh, to, and the faith and the trust uh, to, to follow. I, I've, you know, our country... Uh, is is severely lacking of faith and trust in uh, our political leaders uh, abroad. We have a complete lack of faith and trust, I believe, uh, in this state as well. And, and I think that uh, I think that part of part of being a leader is to reinstill that and and show them uh, that uh, you'll be practical. Uh, that you will make decisions based on what's best for people, uh, that you will explain yourself uh, so that uh, they understand that they, you aren't driving uh, people into submission, but you're actually laying out an argument uh, for the betterment of, of, of all your constituents, uh, regardless of whether they voted for you or not. But I, uh, I again, contend uh, that I have uh, the leadership qualities. I, I've, I've shown it in my success in business and racing uh, and politics as well. And I, I think that uh, I, I think I can uh, uh, do this as well. I think I can show, uh, prove to people uh, that they have a leader uh, that can be divisive, uh, decisive when necessary. Uh, I'm sure I'll be divisive as well uh, at times. Uh, but uh, but I'll be respectful along the way and treat people the way I want to be treated. I asked Jim Douglas last night what he would identify you with, what issue he would identify with you, and he uh, repeated the question back to me and said he didn't have an answer. Yeah. Well, you knew I, I was going to say that, didn't you? Yeah. 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 No, I I, I know that, uh, but my governing style is different. I actually govern. Uh, I actually uh, do things that are practical. Uh, look at the, you know, these are some of the issues that you never never really see. But uh, when I was chair of the Institutions Committee, we took the pork out of uh, the Capitol Bill. Uh, you know, that, that for some people is, is uh, they don't maybe understand, uh, but we were, uh, it, it was like who you knew. 
on the institutions committee and you could get money for your project. You would come in and make your case. And if you knew somebody, you know, is politics, uh, I, I think that's what leads to the mistrust and, and, and the skepticism uh, in politics. And we took that out and we developed a process and it wasn't easy. Uh, there were a lot of people uh, that wanted to continue that process because that's the way they, they gain votes. Because all they had to do was get a project in their community and, and show that and, and they were in for the next, uh, the next cycle. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, that uh, by cleaning that up, uh, and I had to, to, again, work with the House, work with the Senate, work with the administration, work with others, and convince them this was the right thing to do because we have a responsibility to spend wisely, and we have a responsibility to treat people fairly across the spectrum. It, didn't, it shouldn't matter who you are or who you know. You should have your project supported based on its merits. So we cleaned that up, and that was a, that was a big deal uh, then, but it's something I'm proud of. Uh, other little things that we've done, you know, you know the, the state park issue. Uh, uh, and again, this this isn't this isn't a big deal, but it's work that I did uh, in the uh, in the committee. We decided to we had uh, millions of dollars of deferred maintenance in our state parks, uh, so we decided to to really focus on that. We had uh, we put like six million dollars into our state parks. The administration didn't have it on their radar. Uh, the house didn't have it on the radar. It was just something that I thought, you know, I know a lot of people, a lot of Vermonters that use our state parks. This is their recreation. This is what they like to do on the weekends. Shouldn't we, shouldn't we uh, support that? Shouldn't we uh, build these parks, the infrastructure, in a better way uh, for the future uh, so that we can draw in more people? Uh, and we just saw uh, the fruits of our labor uh, in just this recent recent year when they when they exceeded all expectations and and I you know I would contend it goes back to that chunk of money that we put into our state parks to to spruce them up and to 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 deal with the 21st century with renewables and so forth I think that that's uh, something you could you could you know shout from the mountaintops and proclaim all you've done, but it was something I felt good about and something we felt good about as a committee and, and something that, again, the fruits of our labor are showing at this mm-hmm. point. Again, it was the same with the uh, school construction. We, we were faced at that time, and, and this doesn't get a lot of, uh, a lot of print, uh, but we were faced with uh, about a $100 million worth of uh, projects that we couldn't fund they were just adding on to. We decided to, to uh, suspend uh, any more school construction. Was that popular? Not in the least, mm-hmm. not in the least, because all these communities wanted more school construction. They wanted to, to help their communities. But I felt, uh, because of my practical background, my pragmatism, frugalness, I said, we, we, have to, we, we weren't paying them back for the ones that we said we were gonna pay for. So they were on the hook for for all kinds of interests and so forth that we weren't paying it back. So, but we were willing to keep going and saying, yeah, we'll do it someday. Well, that's not, that's not, that's not the way, that's my, not my budgeting style. I think you fulfill your responsibilities. You, you do what you say you're going to do. You, you follow through and uh, we weren't following through. So we suspended and we, we've uh, uh, made a, a sincere effort and we've paid all that back. Uh, so all of the communities are now whole in terms of school construction. And we, I think we have to look forward and, uh, and start the program again if we're going to, to deal with the 21st century and doing things differently in some of these schools, even with consolidation, uh, that we have to, uh, to look at school construction as one way to, to, to bridge that gap. So you're okay with not being identified with some sort of I don't know, for lack of a better word, kind of flashier issue, like you know, calling for single payer health care. Yeah. I'm not a thing. flashy guy. Uh, I'm I'm down to earth, practical, um, maybe uh, to to a flaw, um, but 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 I'm okay with who I am. Uh, I'm I'm not going to be that guy uh, unless uh, it's to support somebody uh, that I uh, feel. Um, is somehow in the minority that needs my help, um, and then I'll I'll be there. So we'll we'll stand up for I'll stand up for um, 
those that need to be uh, need to be helped. And, uh, and I feel that right now it's the middle class of Vermont uh, that needs our help. Uh, we we have uh, ignored them. Uh, I think that we have a responsibility uh, to make a better life for them. Uh, I think we have a responsibility to, to uh, concentrate on the economy, do whatever we can uh, to make uh, growth in our future uh, a possibility. And, and we, we have ignored uh, the, their cries, uh, the, cri the crisis of affordability I talk about all the time, uh, because they're working now two and three jobs just trying to make ends meet, and they're not making it. Just a couple more questions. Speaking of flashy, I mean, the difference between this office and where you might be moving into is, um, how, I guess, how would you describe it? How big a leap of across the Grand Canyon? Uh, I don't, uh, yeah, this is uh, not, a, not a flashy, uh, flashy office. It's practical. Uh, you get the work done. Uh, I don't... Uh, Pomp and pageantry doesn't mean a lot to me, uh, and it's fine. I, you know, and we all like it in different ways, uh, but that's uh, I'm ready to uh, to get down and, and do the work uh, that's necessary, and uh, and it's not glamorous at times, but I'm uh, I'm uh, I'm always willing to to jump in the trenches and do what what is necessary to get things done. One question on this affordability: You talked last night about not approving budgets that outpaced inflation or, or wages. And, you know, I guess the question is, I, I mean, really, can you, can you actually make that Rubik's Cube work? We, we've done it. You know, we've done it in the past. It wasn't that long ago. You think back about uh, when, when I was in the Senate, uh, there was uh, budgets that were built uh, that were, were I think, uh, realistic, uh, but had a waterfall. You know, that seemed to satisfy everyone because we built a budget that we knew we could live with. But if there was extra money, this is the way it would, where it would go. And there would be a prioritized list of, uh, of putting money into certain categories. And that's, I think that's being more practical than what we're doing now. We're trying to do all things for all people. And we're trying to, uh, we're being over-optimistic in what uh, the revenue projections are. Uh, and I think that we need to, to look at what, what's realistic, uh, build a budget on that, what, what is real, what we know happened last year. And then, you know, if we want to build in a waterfall where, where, pro, where, where programs or, or certain areas that we want to, to further invest in, uh, we feel are necessary, uh, that we'll do that if the money comes. You don't feel like that would have a, a pretty heavy effect on human services programs? I think that what we've done in the past worked. And I think it can work in the future, but you have to be practical. You have to, you, you have to prioritize. It's not going to be easy. I don't, I don't, I have uh, no doubt um, that this is going to be very, very difficult, um, and and a very difficult. No matter who becomes governor over the next couple of years, this is going to be difficult. Uh, but it's going to be necessary uh, to have. We may have some short-term, short-term pain but it could be for long-term gain. We, we could actually, if we do everything right, if we, if we go back to the fundamentals of, of what it means to budget and, and set up in a practical uh, manner what, what we need to survive. Want and need is something that I talk about a lot and something that I, that I ask myself all the time mm -hmm. uh, in, in business, in my own life. I think we all do individually. Do we want it or do we need it? And I think that that's a basic question we're going to have to, to ask ourselves in all kinds of different areas. Do we want it or do we need it? Last question. Biggest challenge you think you have in this race is what? Uh, convincing uh, people uh, like yourself and others that, uh, that question whether I have the resolve to do this, uh, that show that, uh, that I actually uh, do uh, have uh, the skills necessary uh, to bring people together and, and to lead Vermont. Uh, so I, and I think I do, uh, but I need to convince others of, of uh, the way I feel. Skill is not what I think of when I think of resolve. I think more of that back where we started about that ambivalence that you had and, and how you really weren't sure that you really wanted to do this in years past. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Uh, I think that uh, no. I think I think that showing the people. I guess I need to show the people the side of me uh, that 
is uh, does have that resolve uh, that you're talking about uh, that isn't ambivalent, uh, that is really respectful. Uh, and there's a difference. And uh, you can have resolve but, but and be respectful. I mean? I mean, when I say that when, when people say you don't take a lot of firm positions, that it's, it makes it more difficult for people to know who you are. Yeah. Well, uh, again, I, I think you, uh, you have to contemplate the position you're in at the time, uh, what you can actually do. Uh, if you want to be a lightning rod, uh, that's, that's fine. That's your style. I'm not a lightning rod. Uh, I'm a consensus builder. And I, I would contend I get as much done or more uh, than the lightning rods. And uh, I'll prove that. Joe Gibbs, yeah. Um, uh, my last question, just on this challenge question, I asked Jim Douglas about it, and I also spoke to somebody else last night. Two issues were raised. One, the demographics, heavily Democratic state, and also this question of whether or not if Hillary Clinton is a Democratic nominee, if it will extend into Vermont and may help a, a female candidate. Can you comment on those two I, theories? I, I think they're, they're both uh, uh, important uh, obstacles, uh, could be uh, for me. Uh, certainly, I, I've served in the minority my entire political life. Uh, so I understand uh, that uh, that demographic, but but I was elected five times from Washington County, which I would contend uh, is uh, fairly split. Uh, and but I was able to convince uh, those uh, on the other side that I was willing to listen and I was willing to do uh, do things to try and arrive at consensus to build that faith and trust. And I would say the same thing happened when I was uh, three terms as lieutenant governor. That that obviously when I received 62% in the last election, that meant that, I, that I, it wasn't all Republican votes. Uh, I had to, uh, to have some, some others from, from the other side support me, which I have had. Uh, and and I, I would, as a reminder, I had nine uh, Democratic senators that uh, supported me in the last election. And I'm not saying they're going to do that this time, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just saying that it's, uh, it's possible. And uh, so, uh, the demographics uh, of, of the blue state uh, being uh, an issue uh, is, is real. Um, and, uh, and having uh, the uh, female, if, uh, and I fully expect uh, Hillary Clinton will probably, uh, will she, she will become the nominee. Uh, and I think that could be an issue as well. But, uh, but, it, but I have to maintain who I am, uh, and I will do so with... Uh, uh, a positive campaign based on what I think I can do and what I bring to the table. And uh, that's all I can do.